It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron's Podcast, Skyhopper's Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast, and Retro Inc. Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to episode 54 of Tatooine Sons. This week, we're taking a deep dive into the biggest, baddest, Dark Lord of the Sith of them all, as we break down Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic series. Plus, we will recap our Christmas revelries, look forward to some new things coming in 2019, and give our weekly hot takes. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. It's time for Tatooine Sons. It's true. It's true. What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? The Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do. Oh, do not. There is no try. Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that porg's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys record an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody was lit. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I am joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. A cheat to Star Wars fans, uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, then you missed out on an amazing comic series. Without a doubt, the best... Star Wars comic series arc I've ever read. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll have to talk a lot about that. Yes, oh, yeah. we will. And of course, you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi guy. 
Uh, let's see. It's, it's Monday. Ha- a happy New Year's. Uh, yeah. It's not really Monday, but I'm just I'm processing stuff. Right, you're, that, you're planning it. Exactly. I mean, unless you're a Patreon supporter. Unless you're a Patreon supporter and it's have a, have a great Saturday. We're actually recording this. We have been recording these uh, on Thursday nights, but because we were waiting for something special to arrive, mm. um, we waited to record till Friday night. So it's 6 o'clock on Friday evening. So all of, for all of our Jewish friends out there, Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> um, we we, we have, a, have a good Sabbath. Enjoy your day of rest. I think it's an important thing. So, um, yeah. So, uh, we've got new microphones. We do. I have no idea how this is about to sound. Mm-hmm. It's a little nerve-wracking for me right now. I'm looking over at my dashboard, and I see all three of the mics are picking up my voice when I talk. But I think it's going to balance it all out when we have it on there. Oh. We're just going to hope. So, uh, we'll get it all worked out. So, anyway, how are you guys doing? Fine. I'm a little tired, but we're good. Why are you tired? I know that you, we've been saying that a lot. It had nothing to do with school. You're on Christmas break. That's true. So why are you guys tired today? So uh, some friends um, invited us to go uh, ice skating today. Uh, and Nathan and I have never gone ice skating before. We could barely roller skate. So um, it was fun, but we're uh, we're pretty exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Then you went over to Mm-hmm. to their house mm-hmm. and you had waffles for lunch yeah, which yeah. is always cool uh, yeah. right because breakfast can be eaten any time of the day that's, that's why waffle house is open 24 hours a day um and then you guys played video games and joke yeah, like that and then came home we had an amazing dinner of homemade chicken amazing. and dumplings really good mm-hmm. probably the best chicken and dumplings mom's ever made would you agree with me on that yes DB Nate? i would uh, I was, agree as well. It was awesome. It was. So, uh, we had that, and then uh, then we decided to record this. So we're going to get this ready to go and uploaded to Patreon before tomorrow morning. And then hopefully the sound is going to work out well on that. <laughs> and then we're going to be uh, ready to go. We're doing some fun stuff. We're going to try to switch over uh, a little bit of our podcast feed. Got some exciting stuff happening this week, because on the 3rd of January, which is next Thursday is our first episode of Star Wars Rebels Revisited, mm. where we talk about the first part of the Spark of Rebellion uh, episode from Star Wars Rebels, episode one of the entire season uh, one. So it was like the very first part of it. We're ready to go on that. We've got it all set up. We're going to be recording. It's going to be a YouTube show as well. And it's going to be video as well as a podcast. So we're kind of going back to like the prequel era of, of Tatooine Sons uh, back when we were a YouTube show for like 30 seconds. And, um, and um, but we're doing it a little differently this time. We're going to keep it a little bit more simple as far as the setup goes. We're going to record four episodes at a time, 30, sec- uh, 30 minutes each. Those will be released every Thursday starting January 3rd. So the next one after that would be January 10th and so forth. Unless you're a Patreon supporter, you get those on Tuesday. So you're going to get your New Year uh, gift from us. Your Happy New Year gift from Tatooine Sons is going to be the first episode of um, Star Wars Rebels Revisited. So it's been fun watching uh, those first four episodes yeah, to prepare for this. It has been a lot of fun. I mean, also, not only the TV show, but the um, Rebels recap yeah. is interesting because it's like you see um, Andy Gutierrez. Right. Um, and she's like, she sees Pablo Hidalgo and she's starstruck, right? 
And then later on, you know, you see her in later ones, and she's, you know, it's just... Right, she's used to interviewing Pablo, she's used to interviewing Mark Hamill, well, I think she still gets a little starstruck with Mark Hamill, but, but you know, like, on the red carpet premieres and stuff like that, she's a lot more in her element, um, it's funny, they introduce her at the beginning of the first episode as a social media correspondent, or, or, or something like that for Lucasfilm, um, and now we just know her as Andy Gutierrez from the Star Wars show, and and her with Anthony, so it's been a lot of fun. I mean, and The Office and the show itself, I mean, it's grown... As the series progressed, and it's it's cool because um, we as a podcast and our fandom and everything has grown along with the Rebel series. Well, yeah, I mean, we kind of came in on the end of the Rebel series well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we just started this a little over a year ago, but we finished it out. It's fun because uh, Rebels was a big part of even uh, even our podcast because yeah. we talked a lot about that in the first few uh, months of being on the uh, of having the podcast up, and then of course we did two uh, live YouTube live uh, reactions where we we watched the finale, the last two weeks of Star Wars Rebels, and actually live streamed our reactions to it, and those have gotten thousands of views on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. So it'll be fun for us to go back to YouTube and talk about Rebels with this. BB Nate, you, uh, what's been like the most surprising thing that you've picked up from watching Star Wars Rebels again, oh. these first four episodes? Um, that's weird. It's um, it's really different, uh, especially the art style. I feel like the art style pretty progressed and got a lot better the um, more of the show progressed. I have noticed that the animation like of the people in there and their yeah. movements changed throughout the series. Like, at really? first, it was really, it was, um, really, like, for lack of a better term, animated and and uh, dramatic, and then later on, it seemed more realistic, and I think it's already started taking the turn in the last couple episodes, but yeah, at first, it seemed really, it was different. It was weird. It's cool. I also, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this on the first couple episodes of our new podcast when we start those up, but... I always thought it was interesting how many uh, kind of throwbacks they had to like old Ralph McQuarrie art mm-hmm. or or old ideas of like what the characters would look like. Like Zeb is playing a uh, pretends to be a hairless Wookiee when right. he is the original Chewbacca mm-hmm. uh, from that. And then in the Droids in Distress episode three, mm-hmm. you've got that uh, that that original version of C three PO shows up um, on the Star Tours. Um, uh, ship, so it, we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that. So uh, that's gonna be pretty awesome. Um, well, I can't really go uh, too far into this episode without acknowledging um, that it's been um, two years. Uh, yesterday, it was two years since the passing of Carrie Fisher, uh, the princess, um, and the general um, of Star Wars. And um, we got to watch Rogue One yesterday. And I know people were kind of like, "Why are you watching that? It doesn't even have a real Carrie Fisher in it." Um, for us, it was important to watch. I thought it was fun to watch Rogue One because we were sitting in the theater for our third viewing of Rogue One when we first got the news about Carrie Fisher's plane having to land because of a heart attack uh, that she had, and we were concerned about that. And then we were back for, I think it was our fifth viewing of Rogue One in the theaters mm-hmm. um, when we found out that she passed, and we were waiting for those shows. So it was appropriate for us to watch Rogue One um, with that. So, um, you know, I don't know if you guys heard this. This is like, I don't think it's even in our hot takes or anything else, but uh, did you guys hear kind of like um, what Todd Fisher said on Good Morning America, Carrie's brother? No, I can't. I don't think so. No. Uh, yeah, okay. It's all over social media, like Twitter and stuff. And since I'm on there more than you guys, it's not surprising. But um, Carrie, uh, or Todd Fisher, talked about the legacy that Carrie had as the character of Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And and uh, then he made this statement to Good Morning America that the legacy is not over. Um, I, that kind of goes, it reminds me a little bit about what Billy... Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. 
Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lord said a couple of weeks back about how... Um, this is like she's really excited about the way that they're handling uh, Prince General Leia and Carrie Fisher and and that in episode nine. Now Todd Fisher, who was like a really big proponent of them bringing uh, uh, Carrie back for or Princess Leia back for episode nine, um, he seems to be excited about it. So I feel like we're we're moving in the right direction. Yes. Now all we need is something like a maybe a title and a teaser. Or something. I got like a bad that. feeling about this. Yeah, I think we're going to be waiting till celebration before we get that first yeah. teaser. But all right. Um, last thing before we kind of get into the podcast uh, stuff that we're doing today, uh, we got some uh, no reviews this week. Now I know it's the holidays. I know it's Christmas, and people are busy with about a thousand other things. But generally speaking, people get new iPhones, they get new Samsung Galaxies, they get all these things, and so it's our hope that we get a whole new crop of listeners going into the new year for people that have new devices um, that are starting to listen to podcasts and stuff like that and we're hoping that if you are a, a regular listener of, of Tatooine Sons that you would take a moment to go on iTunes give us a, a, a five star rating and a review um, that means a lot to us if you're a new listener we would love for you to do that also we'll talk about it more at the end but uh, please consider uh, checking out our Patreon page uh, patreon.com backslash Tatooine Sons um, look at the different tears that we have on there watch our welcome video and consider supporting family-friendly podcasting uh star wars podcasts uh, that try to keep it positive uh stay on the light side as much as we can with that so um i guess that's pretty much it Are you guys ready to kind of get into this week's podcast poll of the week let's do it Are you brainless i never ask that question until after i've done it what Alrighty then, I've got to remember all these microphones that I've got to unmute at uh, different times now. Okay, so it looks like last, uh, last week's podcast poll of the week got a lot of traction. We got a lot of people uh, voted in. We had over 1,100, almost 1,200 uh, votes last week. For us, that's a big podcast poll, so uh, yeah, it was really simple. That only happens when uh, Mark Hamill comments. Or, or Ryan Johnson, Johnson comments on it. Yeah. becomes the second worst thing that happened on the internet in 2018. Yeah. Right, the yeah. The whole year. The whole year. Um, that's not exactly true. But anyway, uh, the podcast poll last week was, what defines Star Wars for you? And uh, we had four different choices. We had the Force, Space or Lightsaber Battles, Mythology, or Other. And I think that we kind of all fell in sort of the, the mythology and the story and, and that kind of thing is, is where we fell on that. Uh, 7% came in with Other. Um, I think that a lot of those people were trying to figure out they, they couldn't land on one or uh, one specific right. topic. So, excuse me, we'll see that in the next uh, part of it when we read couple comments. Uh, we had 20% that said light, space lightsaber battles. 
We'll come back to that earlier. Remember that number. 20%. Okay. Uh, we had 34% said mythology. 39% said the force. It's interesting. Some people said those are the same thing. Um, that they, they kind of connected those sort together. Of, I can sort of see where they're going. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's read some of the comments. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, that 20%. Isn't it interesting? We talked about on this episode last week that for some people, if things like lightsabers and space battles uh, were what Star Wars is for you, you're not going to like The Last Jedi. Didn't we kind of go down yeah, that path last we week? Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, like it's not. But we also said that if that's how you view Star Wars, then you may not have been a big fan of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Over the last year, we've also, in all of these polls, we started to see that there's a group of about 20% that really doesn't like the, the choices that were made in The Last Jedi, that Ryan Johnson did and things like that. So it's interesting how those two... It's not scientific by any means. It's a yeah. stinking Twitter poll. But the reality is it seems to follow that same pattern. What do you guys think about that? how that worked that's, out? Yeah, like that's that? very interesting. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's talk about some of the uh, comments that we had um, on those. Who's got the first one? I think uh, that's you, Sam. That's me. So um, this is from MonkeyBoy1138. And he says, it's all of those things, yet none of those things. It's about the ride. Whenever I take in any Star Wars content, I get this little boy excitement. I know I'm going on an adventure. I know it'll be fun. Yeah, that's interesting. I love that little boy content, uh, excitement uh, idea uh, yeah. with that. You know, like it's a reliving of the childhood. We've had lots of people said comments similar to that one. What about you, BB Nate? Um, you had the last one, I think. Yeah. Al Viscardi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said... Symmetry. Symmetry, okay. Yeah. Symmetry. I love how plot points, themes, and even the music mirrors others, such as Anakin, Luke, and Ray's journeys mirror each other. Yeah, that's interesting how, like, they, how they do that. It's like the same story seems to be repeating itself. You've got an orphan from a desert planet uh, entering into the hero's journey in the in Phantom Menace. You have an orphan from a desert planet entering into the hero's journey in A New Hope. And then you, you have, in The Force Awakens, you have an orphan from a desert planet entering into our hero's journey. It's the same, same things. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Uh, then we had, um, in, okay, we're going to have an underscore in here. So we got to go through this Intilla underscore H. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, the styles in which it's presented, how it is, how it's all has always drawn from many, many classic influences, the grand dramatic epic tone characters always have the amazing talent of artists, modelers and costume set designers, builders. Star Wars is an impressive artistic creation with like five emojis. Um, at the end, I think that's true too. Is a lot of people talked about like aliens and the art and and things like that. The Specifically, visuals, music, yeah. the visuals, just the, all the different, the special effects. All of that is part of what makes Star Wars. And I think one person summed it up best: Star Wars is dot 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 Star Wars. That's the way that they. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. They yeah. defined it. So yeah, that was it. All right. Well, I want to keep going because we're going to spend a lot of time on the Vader comic. We promised that last week. So we're going to go ahead and move to the next segment um, and be ready to go uh, with some hot takes. Finn told the Empire all about the timing of Episode Nine, Or was it all a lie? A new Vader fan film has some Star Wars fanboys drooling. And how would you describe Star Wars if you had never actually seen the films? It's time for hot takes. This is where the fun begins. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. 
All right. So uh, John Boyega revealed a one-year time jump between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Or did he? Oh. A new Empire article specifically notes John Boyega has confirmed the film takes place one year after the events of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And Empire Magazine is a reputable source. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. There's no direct quote to speak of. And Snoke knows Disney wouldn't approve any if they were. Um, but Boyega's words are the most official proclamation we've had. But then when John Boyega was asked about it on Twitter by a fan just a couple of days later, he responded by saying, I don't even remember having the interview. I'm tired. It's been a long few months. You think? <laughs> so BB Nate, do you think John actually told Empire about the time jump and forgot? Um, no. When you're in that kind of business, I don't think you forget about that kind of stuff. So um, why would he say that? Is he is he backtracking, or did Empire take um, misattribute that that information to, to John Boyega? What do you think? I think that Empire, yes, is a reputable source, but sometimes people can get a little bit carried away. I guess is what you would say. So they may have just either misheard or misinterpreted it, or I don't think that John Boyega actually said that or backtracked. Or Interesting. What do you think about that, Samuel? Yeah, you mentioned that you think in that sort of business you don't remember that sort of stuff. I think it's the exact... Or, I mean, uh, you said you, you think you'd remember that kind of stuff if you're in this business. I think it's the exact opposite. I think that um, he's probably given out so many interviews and stuff that he can't remember what he said or who he said it to because it's like it happens every other day. Um, so I think he could have easily forgotten or, you know, just... And many things can happen. As to the credibility of whether it's a year after, I, I mean, I can't really, I can't really say either way. I mean, yeah, Empire's reputable. It's not Express.co.uk. No, not at all. But yeah, I don't. I think it's pretty reputable. I think you can you, you can trust what uh, Empire says. I think Empire Magazine is very careful about what they print when it comes to Star Wars because they don't want to kill the golden goose. Right, yes. the goose that lays the golden eggs, I guess is the saying. Yes. Kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. And Star Wars is a goose that lays the golden eggs for Empire. It always has. Uh, yeah, anyway. But the reality is, I think that, that John probably did say it. I think John um, probably um, is scared to admit that he said it. And is mm. probably doesn't really remember the interview that much. And he's trying to follow on that because he realizes he could get into a little trouble for revealing a plot point, uh, a major issue with that. And he, and, you know, it's, they're very careful about that. You know, Woody Harrelson back, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, but a year or so before, uh, solo came out, Woody Harrelson started talking about his character in an interview yeah. and he didn't give the character's name and everybody started speculating that it was a legends character that was a, sort of a mentor and a, Imperial uh, officer that was a mentor to Han Solo in the Legends universe, and so it became this big thing that snowballed out of control. And so later on, when he was giving another interview, um, he had to go back and clarify and give his name. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No 
purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No and so that, that people didn't, didn't connect it as being that character. I think this could be the same type of thing. I think that John's probably like, oh man, what did I say? Did I actually say that? I don't remember saying that. And, but he probably did. Right. <laughs> um, with that. It's tough to, uh, you know, when you're in that uh, business to keep things under wraps because you don't know, you know, what to say. I remember um, watching, we were at the Rebels panel in a celebration and, you know, they were asked some questions and they would look over at Dave to see if they could even, you know, say or answer that. Um, so you've got to be very careful, and when you're taking it, you know, when you're in an interview by Empire and J.J. Uh, Abrams isn't right there, it's tough to decide what you think you can say or not. So it's tough. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Next topic, Vader Episode 1, Shards of the Past, was released last week. Mm-hmm. It's a fan film uh, by the Star Wars Theory Channel on YouTube. Um, it's the first installment in a fan film series by that channel, and it takes place in the early months of the Empire after the full fall of the Republic, but before the clones were replaced by cheaper stormtroopers. The film focuses on Darth Vader, forced to carry out the Emperor's will amidst deep resentment and confusion. Sounds familiar. Sounds does. <laughs> I don't know what from though, but yeah, I, just, I could not weird. imagine. I mean, it's not like it's our mean topic. Or yeah, I don't know. If maybe there's a whole comic book series about this. That's actually can. But anyway, you watched it, Samuel the Hutt. Yeah. What did you think about it? I felt like for a fan film, it was really well done. I think okay. the special effects, the makeup, the costumes—it was all really well done. Uh, but I just didn't get into it really because it wasn't canon I've never been into stuff that isn't canon you know like I know lots of people who are into legend stuff and that's their thing so I'm certain they really got into this Vader um, fan film I didn't I mean I thought it was cool and all but it has no bearing on the actual story of Star Wars so it's not you know really that interesting for me Uh, but for fan film it was really good I'm going to watch the next episode when it comes out because why not Um, I think it might have even been released we should probably check it out no because I saw it was like a teaser or like oh, a, okay. or, or like a telling what happens in the next one but no the, the next one hasn't come out yet hmm. um, but I mean yeah it was it was good I think for a fan film BB Nate did you watch it? no I have not I watched like four minutes of it and then I'm like I don't want to watch this right now. Okay, so why? Why would you get you know well, go four minutes into a fan film like that? That has gotten. I mean, it was the the top trending video on YouTube the day that it came out. Oh wow! It was huge. Okay, and it's a big deal. And again, I went on Twitter, uh, and and there was a little bit of a. I'll address this sort of, um, maybe, clear up why I tweeted what I did. Christian Harloff, he's the host of Collider Jedi Council, he tweeted out that he thinks it's the best thing that's come out story-wise since Return of the Jedi in Star Wars. And I tweeted that out. I retweeted it, or actually a screenshot of it, and said, what, you know, how is is this guy serious? And some people got a little bit upset, like I was, you know, they said I was throwing shade at him or whatever. I'm not. I was questioning his actual stance 
on right. this. And I don't think that it was like a serious position that you could take. That yeah. this is the best thing to come out in Star Wars since 1983. Seriously? Um, but here's the thing. I also went and I actually directly tweeted to Star Wars Theory on Twitter. And I said, I don't, you know agree with all the choices you made story-wise or cinemat cinematically in this, but I want you to know I think this was awesome. What you did was amazing for a fan film. Absolutely. You should be applauded for what you did, and I, I can't wait to watch the next episode just because I'm trying to support the, something is. like this. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't have, You don't have to like everything to, to support a fan that's out there doing, putting right. something like that on. So I, I watched the whole thing. I'm going to watch the next one when it comes out. But BB Nate, you only got about four minutes, five minutes into it before you decided to turn it off. Well, one of the thing was is um I heard all the hype about it, so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll try to watch it. But the thing was I had my um we were coming back from a movie and I thought like, oh, there must not be that much dialogue in this. So I started watching it without my headphones and so I didn't understand Oh, there's a lot of about. dialogue. It's very dialogue. Yeah. And heavy. so I just watched it without sound. And I'm like, oh, this must be um, better with dialogue. And I just never got to it doing it again. I'll probably watch it soon. I just never got back to it. So I think we should probably go ahead and like pull it up on the on the uh, the, six, the 55 inch TV that we've got mm -hmm. in there with YouTube and watch it. Uh, yeah. some, as, a, as a group sometime and, and you know, we'll talk about it as these episodes come up again I don't have a problem I don't know Star Wars Theory I don't you know don't. I've never had, interacted with them outside of just a couple tweets here and there I don't know I, if, I don't think that they're like anti Ryan Johnson or sort of like the the, the toxic fan base on, on YouTube maybe they are I don't know I don't know anything about them I've watched some of their videos um, I have never had a problem with anything that they've done uh, but we'll watch it and we'll give our, our honest feedback on it, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on that. And you, and you guys, tweet to us. Tell us what you guys think about it. So, All right, so this is actually a lot of fun. So there were um, kids who've never seen Star Wars mm -hmm. describe Star Wars. Did you guys see this video? No, no. No? Star Wars enthusiasts tend to skew toward the diehard type. This is from Vulture.com, I think. Never heard of it. But what about the next generation of potential Star Wars fans? Vulture.com gathered together a group of kids who've never seen any of the Star Wars films and asked them to explain the plot lines and characters from the beloved blockbusters. You guys haven't seen this? No. All right, well, here you go. We're going to listen to it. Pay attention, okay? <laughs> Seven <laughs> looks very tired. Okay, so Star Wars, I think it might be about like battle or something. Star Wars is about like two people. One from the light side and one from the dark side are fighting each other. Of course, I think the light side wins. Well, I know there's two ships, one for the villains and one for the big guys. I know there's like a battle between the Empire and I don't know the other team's name, but with uh, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. My sister puts her hair in my buns. I think Luke Skywalker does gardening. Luke Skywalker just gonna read the newspaper. 
Luke Skywalker, his actual enemy is Darth Vader. And the main henchman he has is called Stormtroopers. How'd you know that? I have Star Wars Legos. Chewbacca roars. Because he's a bear, maybe? I think he's a bear. So he probably makes a lot of noise. Well, he's like Han Solo's buddy. He's like friendless Han Solo. I've seen him. Like, when people are dressing up as him. Yoda's very wise. Maybe he gives, like, Luke Skywalker advice. Do! Oh, do not. There is no try. He talks backwards sometimes. Backwards Yoda talk. Yoda looks kind of like alien. Alien. Oh, a porg. Oh my god. I think porgs are birds that fly around the space and they're also aliens. They're so adorable. Oh, it looks like a toy Howard. He looks tired like Jabba the Hutt. I have a feeling this is R2-D2. Uh, R2-D2 like beeps like beep beep beep. He, he helps uh, the gold robot. I forgot his name. It's not CB3O because I looked it up. Uh, C3PO. That's it. I think R2D2 is um, a bad guy. I think he walks around. How did we get into this mess? Oh my, oh my god. <laughs> I know what this is. This is a lightsaber. It's to fight. My brother has one, but when you put it down, it comes up. This is dope. That's really cool. It's something so cool. It's like a sword, but instead it's like electric. Oh, that was so cool when he was, oh, was like, dope. The, that was dope. <laughs> the lightsabers. What was your favorite part of that, Samuel? Uh, I just, it was so cute. Like, the way they were talking, uh, I, I can't remember the kid, but he had a little bit of like a lisp. Uh, I don't remember what he was talking about, but it was so cute. Yeah. What did you like about it? What was your favorite part? It was just some. <laughs> the girl who was like Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and the henchmen and the stormtroopers and like That's how do you boy, know by that? The way. How do you know that? I have Legos. <laughs> <laughs> and the one girl that was talking about his her sister puts her hair in Princess Leia buns <laughs> yeah. with it and the, the porgs. Yeah, and that was a fun thing. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's fun fire. because it just helps us remember that Star Wars is supposed to be for kids. It is, and it's a, 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 and also when you have you know five, six, seven year olds that have been exposed to the films mm -hmm. yeah it makes things like Star Wars Resistance Forces of Destiny and Galaxy of Adventures that much more important yeah. it helps us understand why Disney and Lucasfilm are coming out with this content 
that's skewing younger. Because they're trying to make sure that this next generation gets into Star Wars. And it's fun. You put a lightsaber in any kid's hand, and the first thing they come out of their mouth is, this is so cool. And that's exactly what it means. Yeah, exactly. So that was a lot of fun. All right, cool. All right. Well, I think that that covers hot takes uh, for this week. So let's move on. So last week, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, concluded with issue 25. The finale of the series was absolutely jaw-dropping. And now that we've had a little time to process, we're going to break down the series and especially its final issue. Uh, issue. Rebellions are built on hope. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, uh, Darth, Vader, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. Um, this is the second Darth Vader series that's come out in the new canon. So there was one that was written, I can't remember who it was written by, it came out previously, and it was telling the story of how Darth Vader discovers that Luke is his son and goes through that process. This one was written, it started about a year and a half ago. Um, and it's been, it was written by Charles Soule, like you said earlier, BB Nate, drawn by Giuseppe Camincoli, and they should be commended for both of their work. Absolutely. The, um, we'll just talk it for a second. The, the, the art in this comic was phenomenal. Was, was stunning. I mean, you'd turn the page. And it's fun, because some of it we read in the first uh, Omnibus. Some of it we read digitally. And so, you 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 know, it's a different experience. We all know that. That's why some people prefer one or the other. Um, but I would say that either in either one of those, I was blown away by the art. Mm. Um, it was absolutely gorgeous um, with it. There's five different light, or excuse me, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven sort of mini arcs. You know, like when we right. have in the Clone Wars, you have an arc of the Mortis arc or the uh, the 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 um, droid arc, droid arcs, <laughs> and that kind of stuff um, with it. Well, there's, there's five or seven different arcs in this. You've got the chosen one arc, which is how it started. It literally picks up immediately as the events of Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith are coming to a close. That infamous, you know, Vader comes up off the suit like or off the table like Frankenstein and yells no because he finds out at Padme's dead. That's exactly the moment uh, that this comic book starts out. And so the chosen one arc. The first book of the of the series uh, is laying out how Vader gets his lightsaber, um, how, why uh, Sith lightsaber sabers are um, are red, how they they deal with that. So there was a lot of fun, and people have been talking about this for a year and a half. It, it's been canon, you know, establishing storylines um, when it comes to certain things with that. So that was the first one. The second one was the Dying Light. That was the Jocasta new. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, arc that was you know Jocasta knew that if you don't if you haven't read the comic and you're not familiar with who Jocasta knew is Jocasta knew is from Attack of the Clones 
Um, she's the librarian in the Jedi archives that basically scolds Obi-Wan Kenobi when Obi-Wan Kenobi can't find Kamino and he said, you know, could it be uh, missing? And he's like, if it's, and Jocasta News is the one that says, if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. And so, and and her character was was similar to that, but that's not the main part. The point of the, the shows or the Dying Light arc really wasn't about, um, Jocasta knew so much as it was about the emperor seeking out four sensitive children. What do you think about that arc, BB Nate? It was um, I I thought it was an okay arc. Um, we got to see the Grand Inquisitor, which was cool and all, but I just didn't think it was um, um, a gripping arc. I thought, hey, it's a li- it's the librarian, mm-hmm. and you know, you may be like, well, the librarian is also a Jedi. You get to see her wield a sword, a lightsaber. And all that kind of stuff, but I just didn't find it to be a very interesting comic arc. But I thought it was a good arc, and I read it and enjoyed it, Okay, of course. What did you think about that one, Sam? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as interesting as some of the other arcs, obviously, but it was good. Um, interesting that they decided to bring Jocasta New back into, in, into canon, um, I mean, her character was interesting. Uh, it was, it was, uh, I mean, it was okay. Well, her character was a lot different in this series than you thought she was, right. based on the Attack of right. the Clones version. Um, one thing I did find interesting, though, and that you find out in the in the comic is the Grand Inquisitor was like not allowed to read a lot of the stuff in the Jedi archives when he was a Jedi him. himself, right? And you gotta remember, he was a temple guard, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, and he wasn't allowed to read most of the stuff, and that really upset him, and like it was like part of the reason he turned to the dark side is because he couldn't have that knowledge. He thought, you know... She, he had this she, insatiable thirst for all this Jedi right. history and lore and knowledge. Yeah, so that was, that was interesting that that was part of the reason why the Grand Inquisitor turned back. What do you guys think about the fact that the Emperor is seeking out Force-sensitive children. And that was like the whole primary, uh, t- uh, you know, MacGuffin of that, of that series. I mean, that, that storyline. That was an, uh, an episode or an arc in uh, Rebels. Yeah. With the Inquisitors, the Grand Inquisitor specifically. Um, the, Jocasinu mentions that it's like so that he can train them to like take this. Well, I think that's her fear. Is, right. Is like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Is it to kill him? Because in Rebels, he, they seek him, seek him out to kill him. Um, but has his motives changed? Um, you know, like, was it originally to train them to become Inquisitors? Or to become, like, this elite army? Or was he just trying to find the four sensitive children and eliminate them? Yeah, think? I mean, I think that that's sort of the initial thought was that it was to eliminate them, sort of like a Jedi purge. Mm-hmm. But then you start wondering why he wants this list. And then what about BB Nate? The fact that Vader doesn't give him the uh, uh, the, the list. He destroys, he destroys the list. Yeah. Um, why do you think Vader doesn't trust the Emperor to have this list of forces? Well, the children? Emperor pulled some stuff in the first few comics of the series, um, like how Emperor told Vader that there was an intruder in the, uh, archives, and it was just the Inquisitor, mm. but they didn't know that, and they started fighting each other, and Vader and the Inquisitor was like, they could, he could have killed me, and so well, I don't the Emperor think, does that a lot. Yes. Um, and you know, also, lots of, of gameplay. Yeah, game. and I don't know why, um, 
I think it kind of links to also the Thrawn alliances. Um, we see um, that the Chiss children are fourth sensitive. The Skywalkers, by the way. Yes, right. and they um, <laughs> and he doesn't even think about killing them. Even though that's true, Vader doesn't kill. The, he doesn't even seek out to kill no. the sky. The, the chiss force sensitive chiss children. Yeah. The emperor sends him to save them. No, the emperor doesn't send it. He go, he goes with Thrawn. It's yeah. Thrawn wants it to save him. Yeah, no, the emperor doesn't send well, it. Well, he he the emperor senses something going on with the force. Right, and sends Vader to. To find out what it is, but he doesn't send him to save him. That's a decision that's made between Vader and Thrawn. Maybe Vader is haunted by what he did at the temple. The younglings. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe wow. that's still that light side in him that just can't allow him to do that. Maybe, Maybe he, he feels he guilt to... over the killing of the younglings. And he, when he, um, when Padme was, um... That's talking true. to him, he said you killed Seth, the younglings, yeah. and then Padme dies. I feel like he still feels yeah. some regret and guilt mm. of killing those Maybe younglings. That's why he didn't. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. Now it's <laughs> interesting because um, Charles Soule, the, the author, the writer of the story, gave a really lengthy uh, article interview to StarWars.com and lots of questions on this. And he actually talks about this, and, and he never once, you know, we, we see Vader, and if you, and again. If you're listening to an, uh, a Star Wars podcast, that's um, the title is about this uh, this series. You, you should be expected to be spoiled if you don't if you haven't read the comics yet. So we're not going to like you know hide anything from it. But but Darth Vader at the end of this, he, he takes this this data card or whatever, um, and he destroys it uh, in his robotic hand, and then he tells the Emperor that that he. That he didn't retrieve it, right? He didn't, he, find, he didn't find anything. And he, the Emperor's like, did you find anything? And he's like, no, I didn't. And then crushes it. Yeah, but it's interesting because... Um, Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're never, it's never explained as to why. Mm-hmm. In the comic book, yeah, it's left, you know, out there for us to have this conversation right here. But Charles Soule actually addresses this a little bit in this interview. It's really interesting. He said, "I could have made it more clear as to why he did that, but I left it ambiguous because you don't know if he wanted to avoid giving the emperor more power, or was it that he wanted to avoid other children going through what he went through, being manipulated and turned the way the emperor had done to him, or was it some other Vadery motivation?" Which I kind of love your idea, BB <laughs> Nate, about the, about guilt over the young. That he slaughtered. Uh, what that was? That was that you, Sam? That was me. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm, I apologize. 
That's not how the force works. I apologize. Um, anyway, I'll give credit where credit's due. Good job, Sam. Thank you. you. Know, that was an Thank awesome uh, story uh, or, or idea. Uh, it says, but going on in the article, uh, you don't know. That is what I tried to do every opportunity I had to make his motivations a little bit opaque. Is it Anakin doing this or is it Vader doing this? Because Anakin's still kind of fresh with him. He's only been in the suit for a little while at this point, so you could see him maybe making redemptive choices here, but you don't know. It could just be this is a very strategic, smart choice for Vader to make to avoid the Emperor getting more Force-sensitive people that could possibly attack him at some point. Um, like you're saying, is it like an Anakin type of thing, and he's new to the suit, and he's still trying to do that redemption thing. Um, I was thinking if this was gonna, like, go into the next few series, but this was when he got his kyber crystal, so that was the last arc. And, um, we see the that previous arc, you mean. he, yeah. yes, he yeah. push, he, uh, goes to Musafar, and grabs the crystal, and sees him killing, um, the Emperor himself. And so I feel like he wanted to do that, but then he just decided to go with the dark path. Um, and so I think he does have a good amount of redemption still left in him from Anakin. So, Well, I think that it's interesting because Charles Lowell goes into to more uh, of a description of this in the article. And he talks about how at the beginning of episode or issue one of Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, the first words we hear Vader say are no. Mm. Right, um, and it's his. It's almost like he's resisting Vader now. Throughout this, he's like trying to figure out: Does he want to be Vader? Does he want to serve the Emperor? Is he st- is he fully going to give himself over to the dark side? Is he going to do? Re- you know, is he redeemable? A lot of the same conversations that we've had about Ben Solo and yeah. Kylo Ren. This is sort of where Vader is in this series. And then we end it with him basically completely giving himself over to the dark side, completely giving himself over to the emperor. Like there's no way that he can be redeemed. We know he is redeemed, right? But at the end of the comic series that, uh, issue 25, it's, it, it looks as if it's an impossibility, um, with this. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting idea. So then the next one is this, the rule of five, um, with that, which was sort of him, uh, you know, training the inquisitors, um, trying to, to the, the Inquisitorious, as they call it, um, this group of Inquisitors and, and the relationships that he has with them. Then we move into the Burning Seas one, which was, I thought, one of the better arcs yes. of the entire... And the thing was, is I read that one as it came out right. in that series as well. Um, so it was kind of a nice refresher to read it for... Well, I think the third time, because I think I read the series twice in, yeah. in that spot as well. It yeah, well, Burning Seas is all about this sort of this Mon uh, Calamari um, uh, rebellion against the Empire, which has so many ramifications uh, for the future um, of, this, of the saga. Um, we see it in Rogue One with Radis, who's also in this in this car, this arc. Uh, you have Akbar in this arc. You have these uh, Mon Calamari ships. You have Vader having a vision of Mon Calamari ships. Or no, it was the um, it was earlier. Jedi. It was the earlier. It no, was this, it was a Jedi at the very. Oh, end. the Jedi at Mon, Mon Calamari. That's right. He has this vision of the Mon Calamari ships. Uh, aiding the rebellion to defeat the well, empire, and um, is a Tantive V four or whatever it is? Um, is that a Moncal ship? Because it comes no, out no, of it's, a, it's Corellian, it, I think. It, well, because well, it came it, out of Moncal ship. ship. Um, it came out of Moncal ship at the end of um, Rogue One. So that's what I was trying to. Wonder. Yeah, no, I think I don't think so. I think that what we have to understand is when we get to Rogue One, it's the Moncal, it's the Alderanians, it's all of the the rebellion coming together at once, and so that's. 
That's yeah. why that's there. Uh, what did you think about the, the Burning Seas arc? It was really intense. The thing that hit me the most was the uh, the Jedi. His name escapes me. Um, mm-hmm. There was, you know, the guy with the horns, and one of the horns was cut in half or something like that. Anyway, he was not acting very Jedi-like. He, yeah. he literally um, taunted, for lack of a better term, the Empire to attack the planet. Uh, well, I forgot his motivation. It was like revenge. Or to something. set the Mon Calamari in, 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 a, in a war against the Empire yeah. to fulfill the vision he had um, it's of the Mon Calamari helping lead the rebellion against the Empire. But in turn, he caused mass genocide. Yeah, it's it's intense. Yeah, it's it messed up. But what I thought was cool, though, is when um, Vader, or I don't think Vader was there at the moment, he may have been. Either way, um, he had been cornered uh, by some Inquisitors and that um, Death Trooper-looking uh, Stormtroopers they had there. Um, and he realized, he pulled off the helmets to show that they were all still clones, the new batch of clones. And oh, yeah, the Inquisitors were there. This Vader wasn't there. Okay, yeah, so it was just the Inquisitors. And he says, execute Order 66, and they start attacking the Inquisitors because they're still... Because the Inquisitors are still Jedi. Them. Right. They were, were, they Jedi. were Jedi. So. But why didn't he attack them? Cool. Um, they Jedi. did. They tried to attack them, but they escaped because they knew what they were trying to do. Right. I thought that was cool, though. Still, yeah, that was, was awesome. Pretty messed up. That guy, he was, me- he was like laughing at the end when he was fighting with Vader. I mean, he was messed up. Yeah. So what about the bad ground? That was a, only a, a single shot, uh, one-shot comic uh, arc. Which um, I wish it was more. That was a great. It was perfect. I think. I think it was a perfect length. It was awesome. This is the basically Sam. You you described it to because you yeah. we were talking about. Yeah, it I had week. I had already read this before. We, again, we all had. Yeah. I mean, it was so good. Um, basically, Vader asks Tarkin to hunt him. Yeah. Because and we don't find that out until the very end. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying it. Um, because he needed a challenge or someone who could challenge him at this point. Because basically all the Jedi are dead, and so he has no challenge anymore. <laughs> There's no one worth fighting. So he he tries He's to see bored. if Tarkin's a, a worthy <laughs> opponent. So he literally asks Tarkin to hunt him. Because Tarkin was a, a really skilled hunter back on his home world. Its name escapes me. I'm sure you... you yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, so basically they go to this barren off-world planet, I don't, um, I don't remember what it's called, um, and Tarkin has this group of hunters he's paid to hunt Vader, and the hunt's been going on, it had been going on for days, and it was, like, at, like, 25 group, a uh, group of 25, and it was down to, like, 8, or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, and, you know, it go he goes through his, it's through Tarkin's point of view, and you reading Tarkin's um, thoughts throughout the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Tarkin's telling the story throughout the entire right. comic. It, if you haven't read any of the Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith comics, this is a great one to pick up because it's a one-shot comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember which issue it is. I think it may be like 16. 18. 18. Is it 18? Um, pick that comic up mm-hmm. um, and, and get a feel for this story, the, for, for what, what's going on in this series because yeah. it's powerful. It's so cool. Uh, but, you know, you see Vader... Um, like at the beginning, they use these macro binoculars. They see him up, up on some cliff, and he's wearing this um, pelt. Is that the right word? Not pelt. Basically. Skin type skin. Yeah, animal skin. A, a creature, and you find out that that skin is of the apex predator of that planet. He killed the apex predator of that planet without his lightsaber at the time, because you you find out later on that Tarkin had been able to, to take it from him in one of the battles, and you also find out that the uh, skin has. These special cells and abilities, yeah. 
that allow you to camouflage within the, the background. Like, you become invisible. Um, so, you know, there's really nothing more dangerous than Vader with an invisibility cloak on. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you go through, you see, you know, Tarkin tried to use flamethrowers to defeat um, uh, Vader because you can't block flame with a lightsaber. But he just blows Slug up. throwers, which are bullets, basically. Right. Use those two. Yeah, I mean, you, he blew up the flamethrowers. Um, and then you find out he sacrificed people just so he could figure out Vader's limitations. Like, at one point, he stationed people at certain distances to see how far Vader could use the Force. So that way he knew how far away to be from Vader when he's attacking him. Uh, and then, at the end, you he's got... Um, it's Tarkin and just, like, a few other people on two of those little... Name escapes me. Weasley here, right? like the bad things. Yeah. The, you, there's one in um, Resistance. He's one of the shop Hard here. One of them's hard here. The other one's like Sistin or something like that. Either way, they really they have really good um, hearing, hearing abilities. Right? So he has them around, and he says that's the only reason they've stayed alive so far because they can hear Vader before he gets because of his breathing apparatus. Right. Before he gets within um, the range to be able to use his force abilities. So at one point they get into this um, cavern. And um, they hear his breathing, right? And so they're like, hey, uh, Vic Tarkin asks them where he is. And he's like, uh, he's everywhere because it's just echoing around the chamber. So, you know, they all book it out of there because they realize they're in a kill box. And they go into this big, flat, open plane. They end up on this big, flat, open plane. Um, and it's and don't tell anymore because if somebody has to run it, you don't want to give it up. Okay. We've already given that, but it's good. It's really, it's really good. good. It's really good. Really good. Yeah, it's interesting because the next issue in the series is actually Darth Vader Annual Number Two, Technological Terror, mm -hmm. which was not written by Charles Soule no. um, and not illustrated by um, Giuseppe uh, Camincoli. It was um, written by Chuck Wendig, and I can't remember who the artist was. And I just forgot to write it down. I apologize. Um, and the story was fine. I tell you, the art wasn't nearly as good. Mm -hmm. I, it was. It was almost like. Um, because the art, I think the art was fine for a comic book, right? You know, but the art was just so dang good in in the other episode or issues of this series that when you see the art in this one, it just felt like it was a, it was definitely a level below. Yeah, it kind of was off putting at first. Yeah. reading it, you know, you're like some some. It was just off enough for me at a minute. For a minute, that I was like, something, something's different with this. It, it was it tough to focus on the story. But I mean, yeah, like you said, it wasn't bad for a comic, but it wasn't as good as the rest of the issues, though. Yeah, and the storyline being about you know, it's got Krennic and Tarkin and Galen, and Ga Galen Urso, and or storyline and stuff like that. It just it, it it felt like it was it was literally you could you could have left that out and it would have been fine. And I know that's what you're supposed to be able to do with an annual like that. Uh, with it, but uh, then we get to the final, the final arc. But I'll, I want to go back to one thing. It was on Geonosis, though. Yeah, no, that was interesting. Yeah, because he went back to that old arena, and you know, you see flashbacks of young Anakin and things, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, he was. He was like he was reliving that moment, mm -hmm. and I think that that part of it was really important to the series. But, yeah. um, but again, yeah, it was it was just different um, with it. But then it goes into the final arc, and the final arc was just. Um, long, very long. It's like six yeah. issues, seven issues, um, something like that. But it was phenomenal. It's oh, called it um, Fortress Vader, and the basic premise of the entire entire final arc is um, Vader is given um, permission by the Emperor to take any planet and make it his own. 
Right, because in, in the Emperor justifies it by saying that Coruscant is the Emperor's planet. It's his planet, so Vader should be able to have his own to do what with he please. Had to do. It was like do it as he pleases. Right. He recommended like Naboo, which I thought that was unbelievable. Right, that that you know, Chief Palpatine, Senator from Naboo, now Emperor Palpatine, mm-hmm. is offering up Naboo to Anakin. Who's married to Padme and Padme is buried on Naboo. Mm. I think it's foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, I mean, and. The, and he also recommends Alderaan. He does ask Alderaan. And he gives Vader um, Padme's old ship, too. Oh, which yeah. Which I thought was. Like, like it's it was a total punch in the him. gut. It's just like manipulation <laughs> and, and cruelty on his uh, part. And then you see he lands on um, his. Planet of choice, Mustafar. Yeah, he chooses yeah, Mustafar. And he lands on it with the new booster fighter, and it's gotten all teared up, and it's like black and destroyed and charred and charred and like, stuff. Like and he gets out, and he's like, perfect. That's better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. It was really, it was really intense. And the whole, re- and then he gets there, and he's given a gift by Emperor Palpatine before he leaves of a mask of a former Jedi, uh, or excuse me, a former, well, Jedi and Sith. Um, well, he was never a Jedi. Oh, I thought he was a Jedi before he was a Sith. No, okay. So he's a former Force sensitive that was that was uh, became a Sith, and he was even banned from being a Sith because he was too dis- too twisted. And he was, um, he was too like Siths. They like to destroy. He liked to to create. Is what well, Palpatine we'll, said. We'll go into it in a minute. You'll see really why he was it was banned. He was a messed up dude, though. He looks cool though. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's giving him his mask, right? And he lands there on uh, Mustafar, and then he brings in an an imperial architect, and the architect uh, constructs this, uh, starts these plans to build Vader's castle, Fortress Vader. Right. Okay. Um, And and Moment's mask ends up possessing. Well, so what happened is he went to this uh, cave. Uh, where the force, uh, the dark force locus was was located, um, the, the the concentration of dark uh, side power, and he began to like meditate with the. Mask. Now he'd already been to Mustafar at the beginning. We have to remember that right. in the chosen, uh, yeah, the uh, chosen one arc, the very first arc, he goes to Mustafar mm-hmm. um, in this, and this is where he starts having visions and stuff right. like that. So he goes back there with the mask, and he starts to commune with the mask, um, and you find out that. Lord uh, Momens, which is the Sith Lord, who's that mask is, and um, Lord Momens, um being is stored within the mask. His soul, his spirit. Right. Is within the mask. And Momen tells his story. Basically, um, he created things. He was like a artist for the dark side. It was weird. Arthur and he, um, he had a master and everything, and then he, he got bored of the master and killed well, her. And it was he, insane. Created things to instill specific emotions in people, which was pain and fear. Mm-hmm. Because he says those are the first things you feel when you enter, enter the world is pain and fear. And he's like, he wants like, it, he says it's not art or it's not a creation if the person experiencing it doesn't feel anything. I mean, and he's like really Messed twisted. Up. Like he killed his family pet and like. Did stuff with Amy. It was weird. Yeah. He got in prison yeah. for it. Um, and then this Jedi, the Sith 
um, takes him for an apprentice, and he undergoes training for a while. He actually takes a lightsaber and messes up his face just because. Um, and, you know, he undergoes training, and then he's like, well, uh, Momin, like, is second to no one, so he kills his master just because. And then he had his grand um, Sith scheme was to create this specific weapon that um, would disintegrate an entire city. And what he was going to do is he was going to disintegrate the city, but right at the moment when the citizens realized what was happening, and they, they had those emotions of fear and pain, he would use his his strength from the dark side to freeze time in that moment. So that that feeling of time would be like... That, that, that moment of uh, the sheer terror and pain would and suffering. be immortalized forever. I when I, I mean when I was reading that I was just like, ugh, that's so twisted. Yeah, you got to think though, a real person came up with that. Though. Yeah, Charles <laughs> Soule, you need a you need some counseling. You need some therapy. Yeah. But I mean, it was so twisted. And then eventually, it is he it, he does destroy the city, and he says that's. That but he was, doesn't. He doesn't freeze it. Something distracts him. He doesn't he freeze gets, it. Killed by the... Yeah. He loses control of it because two Jedi, like, attacked yeah. his, his thing or whatever. So he wasn't able to fully follow through his plan. He still blew up the So he's and dead, and his spirit or whatever is is captured in this mask. Right. So let's talk about that for a second. We've mentioned this in passing, um, I think even, like, in anything else type element uh, sections, yeah. but not really talked about it. This mask contains the very essence, the soul... Oh, I know where you're going with this. ...of <laughs> Lord Moment. Correct. And now in in the sequel trilogy, we have Kylo Ren obsessed with the mask of Darth Vader. Do you think that this is coincidence, or do you think this is intentional? I think this is completely intentional. Oh, oh yes, very. I, I don't think they 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 they, they, they like specifically take a former Sith Lord and put his essence in a mask. I don't think that's an accident because uh, there's Vader's mask in the sequel trilogy. I think that is completely on purpose. And I think it ha- it's going to have serious ramifications for episode 9. Yeah, especially if we see... Um, well, okay, so what ends up happening with the mask is the mask gets... Like, Momin will possess anyone that wears the mask. Right. In, in fact, you see at one point Vader almost puts the mask on. Right. And now we have this rumor that's gone out, we talked about three, four weeks ago, that Kylo Ren is rebuilding his mask and that it looks like part Kylo Ren's mask, part Vader's mask. So now do we have, like, is, I mean, is this all playing into this? Is this where it's going, BB Nate? Do you think- I don't know. I, I can't. I can't figure it out. This this Darth Vader comic, I know it's canon and all, but it just flips everything. Like, it makes you... It's like Ryan Johnson slash Jedi. Really? It makes you think of one thing. That's bold. And then it just <laughs> makes you, like, question some other things. Yeah. Like, you think of one thing and you're like, oh, this is how it's going to turn out. But then this comic series comes along, ties into the sequel trilogy, and it's like... Oh, no, no, no. That's not what I mean, think. it completely changes everything. It, it does. I mean... Well, how does it change everything? Well, you said I mean, that last week. Not everything, but, I mean, it changes so much throughout the series. I mean, even back to the Rebellion and the Mon, Cal- Mon Calamari ships. I mean, it changes that. It changes how you see the Force, how you see it, especially the dark side, how you see uh, former Jedi, how you see the Inquisitors. 
how you see the emperor. I mean, it, it changes so much. How you see, how you see Vader? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially that. I mean, you really get an insight into his how he he thinks and processes things that are still fresh from Episode Three. Um, but yeah, we were you were talking, yeah, about, we're how, talking about the mask yeah. and, and the potential connections to Episode Nine. And you, you mentioned how it possesses. He Vader actually goes up to some old some Mustafarians that he finds, kills them, rips off the ventilation mask of one of them, and puts Moment's mask on it, and then it takes over that the body of that Mustafarian, which I thought was nuts. Yeah. Um, and then eventually... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Actually, moment starts to uh, create um, this fortress above where the dark side goes. Right, and every time he creates one... Um, and fails, and Vader fails to be able to open this portal mm-hmm. into the dark ra- dark side or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when he fails, Vader kills the the person that the mask is on, and then puts the mask on somebody <laughs> else. And this happens like ten, eleven times. It does uh, in the story. But the whole goal is: why is he trying to open this portal? What is the whole goal of the fortress, BB Nate? Padame. Padame? Padame. Who's Padame? Padme. Padme, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I don't think we clarified that, though. He's creating this this fortress as basically a tuning fork for the dark side to be able to create a portal to be able to resurrect Padme, basically do what he was trying to do originally, which turned him to the dark side. He's yeah, exactly. Dead. So we go back all the way to the beginning of the series, actually to Revenge of the Sith, and you have Anakin Skywalker wanting to save Padme. And now this whole comic book arc, this whole series of comics, ends with a storyline about Vader, Anakin, wanting to create this path into the dark side to use dark side magic to resurrect Padme. Mm -hmm. Now then we go back to what we talked about last week with my theory about episode 9, about force resurrection, and we have to question, is this even possible? Can someone be resurrected from death using dark side power? Is it possible? Well, yes. And how do we know this? So you see, um, they eventually Moment comes up with a design that functions, and it's actually Vader's castle that you see in Rogue One. Rogue One that you've seen in yeah, that that we that it's rumored to be in Episode Nine as well. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, and eventually Vader opens up this portal. 
And, well, actually, he opens it, and then he has to close it because the Mustafarians are outside the, the temple trying to take it down because... They're you know, trying to attack, yeah. Right. And so Vader has to go help, and there's this awesome, massive battle with, you know, Vader gets submerged in lava, and he, like, makes it out. It was, it was anyway, cool. But whilst that was happening, Momen, in his current body or whatever that he was... Whatever he's possessing. Safari, right, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opens up the portal, somehow... In a non-force-sensitive person's body, so I guess midichlorians don't matter anymore. No. Uh, yeah, they do, but anyway. the, the portal was already created. Anyway, so. so he opens the portal and find, and resurrects himself. He resurrects his own body and then repossesses his own body. Mm-hmm. Right. He resurrects himself using dark side magic. So we know resurrection is possible. And if Vader's castle is in episode nine, I got a bad feeling about this. I I think we're going down my path. I think so. <laughs> All right. You said it. All right. All right. So so that's like two big elements, mm-hmm. uh, uh, three big elements. Okay. So we've got um, the idea of resurrecting Padme is prevalent in this series. We find out that. Um, Lord Moment can't use his dark side magic to resurrect his own body, mm-hmm. which then means force resurrection is a, is feasible. It's gonna it can happen. It's happened in canon. It's happened, and then we have this mask element with it. And then in episode nine, we've got rumors of of this castle, mm-hmm. Vader's fortress. We've got rumors of Kylo Ren. Reforging a mask using his mask and Darth Vader's mask, which that's bizarre. And then we have this idea that the potential of tying together of all three trilogies. Remember, Kylo Ren says in Episode Seven, "I will finish what you have started." Ugh. He never finished. What was he? What was Anakin Skywalker trying to do when he became Darth Vader? Resurrect Padme. Well, save, save Padme's Padme. life. Access the dark side for the purpose of saving, controlling life, mm-hmm. even to the point of resurrection. Correct. So my theory again, just for those of you who haven't listened, you can go back to previous episode, episode fifty-three, and it's towards the beginning of it. I go through it. I lay this theory out. I have a theory that Ray will die in some manner that causes Kylo Ren to want to resurrect her. Maybe he she saves. Leia or something like that he uses dark side power to resurrect Rey it causes such a strain on him personally like Luke in episode 8 that he dies therefore Rey survives she's resurrected Raylo seems to have happened at some point because why would Kylo Ren resurrect Rey unless he was in love with her or something like that? Right. That's what the Raylos can say. Um, you have Ben Solo being redeemed. That's what he's doing in order to resurrect mm. uh, Rey. You have place. Kylo Ren dying um, in the process of all of this. Every I think it, it touches all the bases. Um, I'm still going to go down that theory until we see this movie, um, which is going to be in a while. But. Okay, let's talk about the closing, the closing episode, or the closing issue. Um, the dark vision um, elements to this. So, in this, you know, he d- he finally comes back, he battles Lord Moman, he destroys Lord Moman, and then he goes back in, and this vision that he's having is just, a, it's like a, a, the climax of visions that he's been having all throughout the series. Right. You've been seeing the same 
idea throughout the entire series at right. this point. But now he's fully given in mm-hmm. uh, to it. Um, and, and he gives it, as he's going through, um, he, he completely surrender. Go ahead, Sam. So one thing I want to mention is you see in his, it's called Omnisphere Vader, which is that red and black yeah. swirly thing with the, um, white, like weird white and, um, legs and arms because they've been cut off or whatever. Um, I find it interesting how those parts of him are white. Right, and the rest of him is is corrupted and black. Doesn't Luke save his father for sort of, or or um, you know realize that they have more in common because of Vader's mechanical arms and legs? So okay, yeah. So you're referencing the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke is battling Vader in Emperor's throne room, and Luke is like he's fully giving into the fear and the hate. Mm. He's like on the verge of dark side. There's not, it's not, you know, Jedi mind trick meditation stuff going on right there. He's like using aggression uh, with it. And he goes after Vader and he eventually cuts off the same arm, robotic arm on Vader that Luke has now as a robotic arm. And he sees his own hand and he makes the connection between this is his father and he's turning into his father and all of this kind of thing. So, so isn't it interesting how when Vader's depicted in Omni Spirit, his mechanical arms and legs are white? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, but because the rest of him is like lava, right? It's corrupted. Yeah, um, with that, you know, it, this is so getting into the going into this moment. Charles Soule talks about this in that interview where it's it is that moment where he's going from struggling with fully giving himself over to the dark side mm-hmm. or or not um, with this. He talks about, he says, what he realizes in 25, issue 25, and it was a very pointed choice not to show possibilities. Everything he's seen is stuff that's already happened. So he goes through this vision. He's seeing himself as a child. He's seeing himself as a Padawan. He's seeing himself becoming Vader. He's seeing himself battling um, uh, what well, uh, battling um, Ahsoka. He's seeing things from the past. He's seeing things from the future. Um, with it, everything is st- that he's seen is stuff that's already happened. What's the point of doing anything other than this? Th- this is all there is for me. This is what Charles Soule says. The big thing that he realizes, the thing that he says yes to, is that he's trapped. That he knows that there's no other path for him. He sees where his path is leading. That vision on the last couple of pages. This figure... With a blue lightsaber waiting down the road for him. Now, BB Nate, for those that haven't read the comic, what explain this vision of someone with a blue lightsaber waiting down the road for him? Do you... I don't really remember how it played out, really. Well, who is it? Oh, Anakin. Uh, I felt like it was Anakin. So, no. So, basically... Oh, it was Luke, that's right. He's standing on some balcony of some building in this, in this vision, and he looks out way in the distance, and he sees this pillar of pure light, right? And you see this silhouette of... It's really obvious it's Luke from... Empire. Empire. Yeah. With a blue lightsaber. Kind of... Like, that's the path. Right. I mean, it, got, it gave me chills. And then you see the, the, the pillar of light comes towards Vader... And disintegrates his um, Omni Spirit and throws him out of the vision. Yeah, that's the way the vision ends. Right. It was with ins- it. Yeah, I was like, 
I got like chills after yeah. reading that. It was insane. Yeah, it's my nuts. my favorite part about this whole comic was when Anakin he turns back into Anakin and sees Padme, and Padme's all fine, and then she jumps off, which was, was a little bit. Oh yeah, that was so you, the pivotal moment for him saying that. Oh no, I'm gone. You cannot save me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That was the moment that he turned to the dark side. Yeah. I feel like so if you if you're not following, basically. Um, Vader's going through this vision, he sees things in the past, and he comes up to the steps of what looks like the Jedi Temple, and there's all these Jedi in front. I mean, there's Yoda, there's um, uh, the guy he killed to get his lightsaber, there's um, everybody. Uh, Shock T, there's Yaddle. Yeah. That was funny. Um, but there's all these Jedi. And he kills every single one of them in pretty gruesome matters um cuz you see every bit of it in the in the way they illustrate it but he kills every single one of them and then he goes up the steps and he sees Palpatine and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Palpatine and Obi-Wan start fighting they you know uh, at, over time eventually Obi-Wan dies um the Emperor's all messed up, and then the Emperor asks him something, like, to, I don't remember exactly, and Vader doesn't listen, and he's just, in the vision, he uses Force Lightning to kill the Emperor. Mm-hmm. To, and then you see Padme, and he goes to Padme. I mean, he literally killed all the Jedi, Obi-Wan, and Palpatine, just to get to Padme. He gets to Padme, and he's no longer in the Omni-Spirit form. He's in Anakin. Yeah, he looks like Anakin from Episode 3, yeah. Except he's got the yellow eyes, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's like, come with me. And she's like, why, you know, Padme says, why should I go with you? I don't even know you. Anakin's dead. And then she, you see her, like, she gets yellow eyes like the Sith. Lightning starts, um, It was kind of a freaky moment. She jumps off, and he's looking down at her. She starts choking herself, and then lightning, like, some lightning from the sky comes and, like, disintegrates her. And what does Anakin say? He yells, no. Yeah, I mean, it was it was so intense, and that I think that really solidified the fact in Vader that Anakin's dead, and it to him. The thing I love just straight up about comic books in itself: this comic did not have a lot of dialogue at all, except for the end. But you, it was the one that you felt the most like had the most emotions mm-hmm. for without the dialogue, and it was just a very interesting. Well, then, you know, there's a, there's a cliche that says the picture paints a thousand words. Yeah. It's literally, this comic book is like 10 million words. Although, one thing you should notice is when he's going through and he's killing all the Jedi, mm-hmm. you hear, you see the quotes um, of Let well, the Past. Well, we'll come back uh, to that. No, let's not, I want to finish with the Padme conversation, because Charles Soule talks about this. It's interesting what he writes. He says, I don't think that's Padme, right? In the vision. This Padme that he sees uh, in this. Um, I mean, who knows if it's Padme? Even though I wrote it, sometimes I don't even know. And we'll see what the fans think. That's the crazy thing about Star Wars. It almost doesn't matter what I was doing. It matters how it's received down the road. Which I thought that's awesome, by the way. Hmm. But But in my mind, that's not Padme. That's the dark side trying to convince Vader, look, man, you've got to get on with the real work. That's part of your past, and the and your path goes to new places. This is the moment where he's like, you got to move on. Padme's gone um, with this. It's time to move on and be the Dark Lord of the Sith. Um, right. With it. Which goes back to what I was just about to say before you wanted to say that, is when he's killing all the Jedi... The text shows the quote, um, let the past die, kill it if you have to. 
Yeah, it's it's almost like the vision sort of functions along the same path as the last couple episodes of Rebels um, with the world between worlds. Mm. Here's um, uh, more of that, that interview. Uh, it says, Most of the dialogue in the issue is lines from the films, and it's lines that we're familiar with. It's lines from the comics. All these beats that we've seen that are iconic language from Darth Vader's life and lines that he's never heard. There's stuff from the sequel trilogy that he drops in there. That's let the past day kill it if you right, have to. Right. But it's interesting because that's what happens in, in when Ezra is passing through the world between worlds. We hear all of these lines from the prequels, from Clone Wars, from uh, the original trilogy, from Rogue One, from sequel trilogy. Uh, you hear these these quotes. So it's similar in that way. And funny enough, when Vader's going through the vision, he sees portals to certain points in his life. Mm-hmm. That's Past true. Future, much like a world between That's worlds. true. I hadn't thought about that. So Vader's stepping into this kind of world... A world of his own legend and his own past and his own future. He's stepping inside himself. This is where it gets really interesting. But he's also seeing outside of himself to see what might happen. So when he meditates, when you see that happen first in issue five or six, you see this kind of purple lightning field horror uh, scape. <laughs> That's what it feels like to him inside. That's the way he feels mm. inside. And I wanted the readers to viscerally experience what Vader feels like inside. And that is what issue 25 is. It's as close as I could come in a comic book to making it feel like what Darth Vader feels like emotionally. What are your thoughts on that? He is a brilliant writer, especially for just um, a fan. And when you think about that, he's just a fan and he just got taken up and was like, hey, you want to write a Darth Vader series? Well, I mean, he's been writing comics for years now. Yeah. I mean, he's, been writing, he's written some, some Star Wars comics, but it's interesting. He also talks about this in this article. He talks about how when he was a teenager or whatever watching uh, Revenge of the Sith, he left there and he wanted to know the rest of the story. And he started writing this, like, headcanon. And then they called him up, you know, when they decided to write this series, because he'd been writing comics for Star Wars before. And they asked if he wanted to write a new Darth Vader series. And he's like, yes, I want to write this series. I want to start right as we get to re- end of Revenge of the Sith and tell the next part of the story. So he got to do that. That was yeah, awesome. that was cool. That, what do you think about the idea, Sam, about us being able to kind of get a glimpse as to what it feels like to be Darth Vader? Yeah, I mean, I remember watching those, or watching, reading. I mean, it almost felt like watching a movie right. at times reading those comics, but um, reading the comic and seeing those parts when he would go into meditation, it was like got heart wrenching. You know, it was pretty intense. Um, you know, at one point. Uh, you see, while he's in the meditation, you see these, like, butterflies flying around that are, it's clearly the light side within him, um, you know, bubbling up. And he constantly has to, while meditating, kill those off. Yeah. Like, every time. I mean, it was, it was intense. It was sad, intense. So, I was thinking about this while we were watching Rogue One yesterday, and I'm like, so every time he meditates, does he go through this? Wow. And do we see him as he's meditating? That guy goes up and says, Krennic is here. Was he just in another One of those meditation? Moments. That's really interesting. That's Insane. Cool. It's a great comic. If you haven't read it, I hope we didn't spoil it to you too much. I promise you, it's worth reading even if you know all the, the story. The whole series. Yeah, the whole series. All of it. <laughs> uh, from start to finish. Uh, all right, that's, uh, that's, that's it for that. Let's uh, see. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Anything else? Um... 
John Favreau confirms that IG88 will be in the Mandalorian. Yeah, he sent out a Christmas Instagram gift to all fans <laughs> and a picture of, of IG88 in front of a green screen. And I think we should talk about this. So did Dave with Dave Filoni with the white Ahsoka. Yeah, that was pretty awesome too. He put he put out a, a new painting of a new sketch or painting or picture of uh, of, a, of the of white Ahsoka, Ahsoka the white. of Ahsoka the white. Yeah, like <laughs> from the end of Rebels. Um, and some poem from from Lord of the Rings or Tolkien or something like that about no, yeah it was like about like coming back and, and that kind of thing it was awesome hmm. yeah that hints towards something Let's see. Um, <laughs> Disney released behind the scenes footage of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge yeah it looks amazing yeah. I can't we're, wait to we're going to it no matter what but well like, we like, just want to put it out there if they want us to come and like do like a walk through the day before and like talk about it on our podcast we'll be happy to yes very yeah, we, 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 with we, all of the lines and traffic yeah, that would awesome. be great so Marvel's uh, solo comic adaptation reveals how Kira ended up working with Dryden Boss um, she basically uh, yeah he trains her to be an assassin Huh. Uh, uh, with it, so. that's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about next week's podcast or this coming week. I do that every time. Every this time. week's podcast poll of the week. Let's just make it really simple because we didn't really. Even, here's what's funny. We didn't even talk about this one time. We didn't the entire because it was such a because there's so much other stuff that goes on. Um, but it's interesting because there's there's the scene in the Darth Vader 25 where. Shmi Skywalker is standing there. She's pregnant, and and Sidious is standing or behind her with his arms around her. And there's you know obviously it's the creating Anakin moment. So then the question is: Is Darth Sidious Anakin Skywalker's father? Yeah. That's what we're going to ask as our poll. Yes, no, from a certain point of view or other. Comment below. Yeah, so um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I guess that's it uh, for this week. Uh, just a reminder that January 3rd, so this episode's coming out on December 31st, just a few days from now. Uh, January 3rd, Thursday, we'll be releasing the first episode of Star Wars Rebels Revisited, where we look at uh, the first part, part one of uh, episode one. Star Wars Rebels, Spark of Rebellion. That's a fun one. So check that out. Uh, make sure you check out all the other podcasts on the Star Wars Combo of Podcast Networks. Uh, they're awesome. Um, we list them at the beginning of the podcasts, and they're also listed on StarWarsCombo.com, so you can check them out there. Uh, please make uh, take time to subscribe to us uh, if you're on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever. Uh, there's like a, about 15 others uh, that you, you can find. So, yeah. um, give us a review um, and then check out our Patreon page. A dollar a month gives you early access to everything, um, access to all of our um, Patreon exclusives that we're going to put on there. And then consider the $10 a month uh, sticker of the month club. Uh, the hope, hope sticker for this month is going to be, or January, uh, is going to be uh, pretty awesome. I guess that's it. Uh, anything else you guys want to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force. May the force be with you. Always. This party's over. I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Join, please.